previously on Sideburns and Cigarettes. We are down one man this evening, unfortunately. The amazing Chris Godby is away at a bachelor party, having the time of his life. We miss you. You are sorely missed indeed. He didn't die. He's alive. Giant like he's dead. Like, I can still hear his voice. In in memory of the amazing Chris Godby. Gone too soon. Another moment of silence for our co-host, Chris, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Yeah, and it's not just me, obviously, but there's some fantastic articles on there from the likes of Guillaume here and so many others, Tabby and the cook Chris, rest his soul. And again, I, I have to say, we dedicate this entire episode to the memory of our one and only amazing Chris Godby. May, may the man rest, rest well. <laughs> rest well. Rest well, good friend. We'll see you again one day. You will be missed. Welcome to Sideburns and Cigarettes, a Lupin the Third podcast, a podcast about a monkey-faced thief, his friends, and their many adventures. We are covering all of the animated and live-action entries of the Lupin the Third franchise in mostly chronological order. Tonight, we gather around in memory of a dear friend. One amazing Chris Godby, who in our last episode was unable to join us due to his attendance at a bachelor party. Yes, that is correct. That great bachelor party in the sky. All that remains is your host, Drew, your first summoner of the evening. Next. And your second summoner, Natalie. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Our third summoner, Emma, is currently overwhelmed with grief at the loss of our dear friend. The amazing Chris Godby. We are also joined by our friend in Switzerland. I am Monsieur Le Babet, master in the occult, one with the spirits. Now, we are well aware it is past the spooky season for an event such as this, but we have been quite busy. Cut us some fucking slack, would you? 
and join hands as we remember our dear friend, the amazing Chris. Silence! Now, have you gathered the items susceptible to aid in summoning your late friend? Ah, yes, indeed we do have these items. Name them for me. Sister Natalie, which item did you prepare tonight? I have a signed pinup of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, to summon Chris Godby. Very well, very well. Sister Emma, which item have you prepared to summon our dear late departed friend, the amazing Chris Godby? I have brought an SNES with a Super Mario cartridge. <laughs> very well, very well. And last but certainly not least, I have prepared a small assortment of Amazing Spider-Man comics strictly from the 60s through the 80s. Good, good. Now shut up and join hands. Close your eyes. Clench your butt cheeks. And listen. Spirits of the dead, lords of the outer realm, we beseech you. We implore you, guardians of the Neverworld. Let us speak to the unfortunate soul, the one named Chris, son of Godby. Atu, Parata, Nico. Quiet. Can you hear it? A familiar voice is among us once again. Who dares disturb the eternal rest? Uh, is that a Roger Stern issue? <laughs> oh, hey, Chris. Hey. How's it going? What a mess. Uh, well, um, a whole ass episode. <laughs> oh, is that all? <laughs> Just a two and a half hour discussion of the Giga movie, but hey, we've got you back. Among the living, how how are things in the uh, the spirit realm? Cold. Ah, uh, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Wait, what have you been up to? Normally, I would say six feet. However, I'm more six feet the opposite direction. So ah, uh, yes, yes, you were gone away to that that final resting place, that great big bachelor party in the sky. How was it, by the way? See, I would have donated my body to science, but with me being the way I am, my only option was to donate my body to science fiction. Of course, of course. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan Dangerfield. Well, we have summoned your spirit today to uh, gather your thoughts on the 2023 Hajime Hashimoto-directed film, <sighs> Jigen Daisuke. I was going to say the suspense is killing me, but, you know. It's technically called Jigen Daisuke. I feel bad if I don't call it by the actual title, even though it's not how you say his fucking name in English, but that's okay. Thanks, TMS. You know, TMS, they can be wrong. They can, they can. 
There have been many times. Like when we took down the AMB I made. <laughs> Ooh, tell me about it. Uh, but no, we greatly missed your presence amongst us discussing the film, and we'd like to get your take on it. So, Chris, how did you feel about Daisuke Jigen? Well, over on the other side, I actually listened to your guys' episode, and honestly, you guys covered a lot of what my thoughts on it are. My thoughts here are kind of scattered, but obviously the first thing that uh, jumped out at me was the uh, Monkey Punch tribute, mm-hmm. which I thought was just so incredibly sweet. I love that so much. Uh, Chiharu, and something I noticed was that she looked a lot like my late aunt, like my late great aunt. That was kind of odd. Overall, I thought the movie, uh, like I agree with you guys, that it felt like an '80s action movie. Mm-hmm. But it was like somewhere between like a theatrical thing starring someone like Stallone or Schwarzenegger to more of a direct uh, to video thing like Dolph Lundgren or even Steven Seagal. It was like somewhere in the in between that, you know. Ooh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, thank you. Speaking of which, I felt the movie had kind of like a timeless feel to it, as you guys pointed out. Mm. However, it felt so timeless to the point where I actually assumed the movie was a period piece. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, there's no smartphones. Chihiro, uh, you know, she makes a living repairing wristwatches. You know, it wasn't until we saw Adele's birth date that I realized it was a period piece. Which, by the way, um, her she was born in 1971, correct? Yes. I see. What was the date? I looked that up. It was not the date that part. It was not the exact date that part one aired. I think it was like a few oh. months before. I still think that 1971 date though is. Uh, oh yeah, totally. I, that, that's got to be a nod. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jigen's whole thing with Oto, I thought was great. Mm. I mean, I I don't want to tread over the same ground you guys did, because. Nah. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you guys even mentioned what my mom's thoughts were as I watched it with her, <laughs> which. Which, yeah, she, you know, she loved it. Jigen is now her favorite Lupin III character. You speak of mind, but... Um, I will say that... I want to say about a third of the way through the movie, I was actually kind of expecting, you know, for Lupin himself to make a cameo. Mm-hmm. I was expecting to see, like, a yellow Fiat show up at some point or another, and I felt incredibly vindicated by the ending. Which, I guess that doesn't mean it was predictable, but it was still nice to see. Mm-hmm. See, uh, I thought... You know, Kawashima was an interesting villain. You know, his whole gimmick was really uh, fascinating. You know, felt felt very classic Lupin the Third. I also liked his whole angle with his girlfriend. I thought that humanized him quite a bit. Made him a lot more than just a one-note generic uh, bad guy. Mm -hmm. I appreciated the tone of the movie. Like, it's it's very serious. It's dark. It's gritty. But there's still moments of goofiness and levity. Mm-hmm. Like the whole bit with the uh, with the floor slash arms dealer, like I really enjoyed that. Thought mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. Or um, I don't know. There's others. Man, I'm so badly prepared for this. <laughs> hey, hey! In your defense, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's, you were in the afterlife. <laughs> it's it's really hard to get a Amazon Prime over there. <laughs> well, I know you guys commented on the on the. Uh, the budget and the special effects and things like that. I am someone who is blind to bad special effects. Usually mm. I mean, I'm a fan of the Marvel cinematic universe. You know, I, I can't tell when things are bad. However, <laughs> I will point out that during Jigen's fight with uh, Kawashima near the end, 
there's a point where Kawashima throws his knife at Jigen, and the lighting does not match what's on screen at all. Mm. And the knife itself doesn't really animate, so it just sort of slides across the screen. Like, that really stuck out to me, so that must have been really bad. But aside <laughs> from that, I really didn't have much problems with it. Like, you know, you guys complained about the uh, the face-changing mask, you know, looking wonky. I didn't notice it, I'm being honest with you. Like I said, I'm very bad about this sort of thing. No, honestly, I think it looked good for the most part. There's just one shot. It's the moment when uh, when Kawashima takes Oto and his face turns into that lady that he saw previously. It's that one shot that was like, huh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could talk about how it compares to the 2014 movie. And by that, I mean, it's like comparing, you know, apples to garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's well, be honest here. Eloquently put, you aren't you are not wrong. Hey, there's your episode title. Can you believe that me and Natalie rewatched that movie in full before we recorded oh. our review? You want torture? Um, I've I've already I'm already on five times rewatched since because I'm doing this thing called I'm watching the live action film 10 times. So you don't have to review. So I got five more you times know, to watch it. You could have just watched it once and then say you watched it nine more times. You didn't have to put yourself through that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason I'm putting myself through that, which I will not spoil. Look, until I of, actually nobody, write it. nobody would know that you didn't actually do it. You could just say that you did. <laughs> <laughs> true but there's a reason why uh, uh, to put emphasis i'm watching it with other people so it's very much a thing of like you watch it i'll type down my reactions while i write smut at the same time because i'm filthy what reason an endurance test (laughs) basically yes because i have nothing better to do with my life at nearly 33 years of age my loves (laughs) i mean when i first i've only seen the 2014 movie once and I started nodding off when Lupin and Who Cares were trapped in that vault. <laughs> Michael Lamb. Sure. I'll name. take your word for it. I can't remember. Beloved, beloved franchise staple. Beloved franchise staple. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I've seen some really bad Lupin III stuff. Never have I nodded off asleep watching it until mm. I got to that movie. Mm. You know, I'm okay with Lupin III being bad sometimes, just as long as it's not boring. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, this one just blew it, just completely blew it out of the water. Mm-hmm. With one bullet at that. Hey. Fired upwards in a stairwell. No, wait. No, no. It blew it out of the water with a guy on top of a grenade. There we go. Yeah. Which, that was such a wonderful action beat there. Mm-hmm. Completely ridiculous. I loved it. Um, you guys mentioned Jigen's uh, do a barrel roll sequence, which I thought was uh, I thought was terrific. Thank you, Peppy. <laughs> that was actually my roommate who yelled that out when we watched it together. Like, literally, Maria went, do a barrel roll, Jigen. <laughs> it seems like a surefire recipe for success is to pair Jigen up with a small child. Because, like, that was, like, the best thing about the Detective Conan crossovers were uh, Jigen's relationship with Conan. And uh, it's, like, a similar thing here with Oto. Which, isn't Oto also the name of the actress playing her? Um, I thought her name is, uh... Kotoka Maki. So there is an Oto in there. Right. I'm just wondering if like the character was named after the uh, 
actor or vice versa or well, it's not not vice versa, but I was just it was just uh, something interesting I noticed when I had the uh, movie paused, and I think like you point out, Drew, if you uh, pause Amazon's X-ray feature, actually says Jigen's name correctly, even yep. though the movie itself doesn't. In, neither in its title nor the subtitles. No. I completely agree with you about Adele. Um, mm. Well said. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, do tell. Let's talk more about uh, Drew's future wife. Well, I mean, I have to go back in time for that to happen. <laughs> nah, Drew's a widower now. I am. <laughs> Come for me during this very uh, this very hard time. Well, I need some so time very, myself. Well, why don't why don't we summon her back? If we hey, now, yeah, I'll just about to say the worst part of being dead is I haven't seen her yet. <laughs> summon her back so she can, mm, she can make drugs out of me if she wants to. Anyway, oh, uh, oh Lord. So, um, <laughs> Drew, if we're gonna go back to Puccini references, okay, Prince Caliph, um, your turn to awaits you. <laughs> Pull that gun out of that wooden leg and shoot me. <laughs> anyway, this isn't about me. <laughs> um, I do agree with what uh, I think it was Lee that said it. How uh, Adele is a good example of a uh, you know badass representation or badass. Like she's a good example of a uh, badass disabled character, and I thought it was really fascinating making her the villain. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a that's not something you see incredibly often. I thought it was kind of fascinating how she had a very tragic backstory. But you, you're still not inclined to feel sorry for her. Mm-hmm. It's like it's pretty obvious that what she's doing is absolutely, you know, monstrous and terrible. Yeah, but you can't bring yourself to hate her either. Mm-hmm. I know when uh, when she fell out the window at the end, I turned to my mom and said, "Well, now she's singing goodbye from the other side." <laughs> <laughs> so, so you and your mom made Adele jokes too. Uh, it, it was just me, just that one. Okay, because I, okay, I, I didn't want to be the only one making freaking no, no, hell from the other side jokes. I mean, she was clearly rolling in the deep there. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Adele fan, the singer, okay? No, 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 no. I get it. I understand. I had rumor had it on my playlist for years. Actually, I think it's still do. So, Tetsuji Tamiyama. This dude did not get much to do in 2014. Nope, he no. was just there. But they gave him everything to do in this one, and I am so happy for it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he was, like, Jigen's barely in that earlier movie. Like, he's there, he's present, I saw him, I swear. <laughs> he just didn't leave much of an impression on me, but, you know, he yes, I mean, because he's the central character here, you know, they really managed to explore, you know, most facets of his personality. You know, his relationship with his magnum, uh, I think he out wrong. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, the rapport he has with kids, you know, despite it's really that whole, uh, you know, dad said we're not getting a cat, dad and the cat sort of thing. <laughs> it was with Oto. Uh, the bit in the kitchen where you could see him fighting back tears at what she wrote. I thought that was really strong stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been noted before, but even the way he eats, it's just spot on to Jigen from the anime. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, really, the only problem I have with his performance isn't with actually his performance, it's with the costume. They should have at least given him a tie. That was the only thing missing, really. Mm. I, I do have, like, questions about, like, well, just, like, rhetorical, honestly, about, like, how in the 2014 film, like, he got that 
leather looking vest sort of thing <laughs> and yeah vomit i mean yes please put jigen in more vest suits because it is kind of hot just not but it's like just not that yeah, one. Just, just not that one. But also, even in this film, he's sans a tie. Why? Why does it? Where is the tie? Lupin got a damn tie. Why can't Jigen get a tie? Like, what the fuck? Like, I'll be honest with you guys. I really didn't hear much of the music. You know, probably because I'm hard of hearing. But uh, I thought it was interesting how they brought uh, in uh, James Shimoji. Yeah. From uh, Lupin the the third ord. The the the, the third ord. The the third ord. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that. And that's how they spell it. That's how they pronounce it. Just like with Lupin the Third, the movie, the first. <laughs> you know, it's not my fault that they're really bad at titling these recent entries. Let me think about it. Even Lupin Zero is not a great title. Great series. And a title it's a, it's a, I don't love. It was a choice. Yeah, Certainly a choice. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, not a bad title. Not a great one. Yeah. Just there. I mean, you know, they can't even get the title of this movie right. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't have to. You already told our listeners about it. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, the tracks I did hear, uh, I enjoyed, especially the one that played during the end credits. Mm-hmm. I really dug that. I'll be honest. Uh, the uh, conspiracy theory that uh, I won't delve too much into it, that definitely did cross my mind when mm-hmm. uh, you know when we were singing Dell's plan. I'm going to assume it was not intentional. Yes. I have one update in regard to that. Oh boy. The oh, hesitation oh, can you, me. Yeah. No, say the, say the update. Well, it I says, uh, I, I, when I was listening back, I did notice at one point I said, um, you know, Japan, US, game of telephone. It was probably not intentional. I, I, I still hold my opinion that I don't think that they're trying to intentionally be like, this shit's real guys. This is real. Like, oh, yeah, I do, yeah. like, but QAnon actually does have a not insignificant presence in Japan. I have found out on research. So it makes sense. He probably caught wind of it somewhere and thought, Oh, that's interesting. Kind uh, of, you know, you know, kind of ripped from the headlines sort of deal. Kind of ripped from the headlines thing and like, you know, not doing it seriously. Again, I don't think it was done with malicious intent, but I thought no, I no. was kind of like, Talking out of pocket, where I was like, you know, it's like a game of telephone. Now reading, it's like, oh no, QAnon is in Japan. <laughs> and there's a lot, so there's that. But I still hold the belief that it's not yeah. intentional. I, yeah, I, I don't think they're trying to like, uh, you know, spread the conspiracy or anything. It's, no, it's mostly just you know, use, you know, using it as a launching pad for this plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just pure coincidence. Like I, between you and me, when you said that, Drew, I did think of it at that time but at the times i watched the film i wasn't like oh my god QAnon," and i think that's just because i do my best to like not <laughs> think about that shit but that's you know it, it's hard to avoid it yeah. um so which i also like pointing out that this is probably the uh like the darkest lupon third entry since the fujiko series because like mm. not even the uh lupon the, the third Earth films got this uh you know well, dark. You know, yeah. harvesting, the, harvesting the blood of children, that's not... Yeah. I don't think any of the animated entries have gone that far. Not I mean, yet. I mean, the Fujiko series, it, it got close in different ways, but... Yeesh. Like the bit where, um, you know, Jigen goes and sees the corpse of uh, Oto's, uh, what was it, Guardian? Mm-hmm. Like, ah, man, that was, that was rough. It was. Or actually seeing the... Uh, 
you know, the extraction of the blood from the children. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's hard to watch, but like in a good way. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank God for context. Um, <laughs> Don't worry. There's so many clips you can take out of context from our main <laughs> review in regard to the dead children thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like dead children, not good. Except, in, except when they are. <laughs> Still apples compared to garbage. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed the movie. You know, it's like you guys, when you guys quoted me, I thought it was awesome. Um, yeah. I will say that uh, I felt like a lot of the action and stuff was like loaded on the back half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like the first half felt a lot more uh, de- uh, deliberately paced. It was never boring, though. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not, I'm not saying that. It's just there's like a, you know, the first half movie is just like gradually building up. You know, to the climax, which is like the entire second hour. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I said before, uh, you know, all sorts of cool, crazy, fun action, including the uh, the gunslinging mobsters just popping out of a, out of nowhere and firing in a group. It's like, I know you guys compared that to uh, the manga. That felt more like something out of part three, I think. Mm. I can totally, I can, yeah, I can totally see, a, you know, a Yuzo Aoki drawing of, of these guys just popping out and firing all in unison like that. <laughs> or maybe in part two, because mm-hmm. uh, Aoki did some stuff in that as well. I really enjoyed that. Uh, you know, the feels like to me, like a big theme in the movie is uh community mm. because, you know, the street where, uh, you know, Chihiro uh, works, you know, there's a, you know, that uh, shopping center, I guess you could call it. You know, there's a real strong sense of community there, all sorts of, uh, quirky characters, you know, I love them all. You know, you also had the, uh, uh, what was it called? Somebody help me out. What's the name of the town? Oh, uh, Daigyo Guy. That's yeah, it. That's, yeah, Daigyo Guy. Well, I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting as well. You know, kind of a, uh, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Hey. Yeah, you know, the quote Obi-Wan, which, uh, and you know, I thought that was incredibly fascinating. You know, we here at Cybers and Cigarettes always love seeing Lupin III get involved with like the criminal underworld. God damn right. Something that doesn't happen enough. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad this movie spent a whole lot of time there. But, you know, despite the fact that they're all, you know, criminals and thieves and killers and cutthroats, they have a community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As do the people on the street where uh, Chihiro works. And then at the end, you know, uh, Oto gets accepted into part of it. Incredibly easy. And then, you know, of course, you know, Gene leaves at the end and with the implication that he's going back to hang out with his found family. Mm Mm-hmm. Then there's also the bit from uh, Kawashima about how even his co-workers, you know, don't accept him. Mm. Which I thought was an interesting uh, uh, antithesis to uh, what's going on with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Or foil or something. Funny thing, I didn't have that realization until like just now. Go me. Hey. The whole community aspect. But yeah, it's, I mean, like, again, move was a lot of fun. You know, kind of slow for the first half, but in a deliberate way. I really enjoyed that. And then it just goes completely nuts in the last half with all with the kind of crazy action set pieces we come to expect from the series. Mm-hmm. Even though it's in live action, I thought the villains you know, were great and had a lot of character. Uh, Jigen's relationship with Oto is like, you know, the heart of the movie. Yeah. I mean, great stuff. Kind of wish Jigen had time, but you know, that's, if that's the only complaint, if that's the only real complaint I have. That's, that's pretty damn good praise. Oh, hell Yeah. I'm just wondering if this is going to lead to other movies starring the other characters. 
if we're That'd be fine. Up, if we're going to be getting like essentially a live action version of the uh, Lupin the the Third Third uh, <laughs> subseries, which I mean I know we did get that, then it got a TV series, but that's kind of its own. Uh, that's kind of its own thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I feel like they've kind of. I don't want to say they re- they've redeemed the 2014 movie, but they've redeemed aspects of it. Yeah, yeah. You know. It's no longer completely worthless. Uh, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the movie itself sucks, but, you know, <laughs> it's not completely worthless. That's a good way, that's a good way to put it. I think that's all I got to say. Should have prepared oh. for this better. Kind of hard when you're dead. <laughs> hey, even when you're dead, as I said in the last episode, we're here to ramble. And... It was lovely to uh, to summon your spirit here with us one last time. Wait a minute, there's some there's some uh, there's some rustling going on. The curtains behind you there, my friend. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Hold on a second. Hold on. You pull that curtain back. What's going on in there? Chris. Hi. You fuck motherfucker. Are you you're not from the fucking land of the undead? It's fucking you fucking Kentucky. Where you been? I mean. Um, look, I have a very good explanation for this. I left, but I left in my other pants. Shit! Well, once again, he has departed. But this time, he'll be back, I assume. Feel so cheated. <laughs> we mourned for him. You feel cheated? Guess who had to pay the freaking summoner 75 francs? Me! Hey, I had to buy a stack of old Spider-Man comics. Those things aren't cheap, you know. I had to steal a SNES from my ex-husband. He probably deserved it, though, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Take that as a yes. (laughs) Well, well, anyway, it was delightful to have Chris. It's delightful to have, you know, Chris alive confirmed. I was the one who kept saying he wasn't dead until I just admitted that he was dead. <laughs> Look, we all got a little carried away in our in our condolences. I mean, for what it's worth, I feel like if I'm not dead now, it will be once you guys catch up with me. Goddamn right. 